Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood along with Tepper, a grown man who has never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. Uh, I'm just a Steel Town girl on a Saturday night looking for the fight of my life. I'm Connor, and today I'm a gay skeleton. And, uh, I'm Tepper. And, uh, I don't know what I am right now. Alright. We will be watching Warriors of Virtue, directed by Ronnie Yu, released in 1977. A movie with only a single piece of trivia listed on IMDb. Chris brought this movie to us. Why? So, this was... It's hard to say what my favorite movie was when I was a kid. But this is definitely in the like top three um, of them. Uh, we watched a lot of movies. Like That was pretty much every night. Um, my dad had worked out this deal with the local, um, video store owner, um, where he gave them, uh, like they exchanged, uh, veterinary work for free movie rentals and they had very sickly animals. Um, so we got a lot, we got like my entire life time worth of, uh, free movie rentals um at that place and this was one that i just like every time i went in uh i wanted to watch warriors of virtue for a very long time like probably like nine to twelve or so but yeah this was a very big movie to me i remember a lot of it but there's also a lot i don't remember about it and i haven't seen it until in, in at least like 15 years all right uh does anyone else have a personal connection to this film I'm at least 76% certain I have never seen this, but we're going to find out. Yeah, I had never heard of this movie when Chris originally suggested it. I'm still pretty sure I haven't heard of this movie. And after the movie, I'll be uncertain if I've heard of it. Yeah, I know nothing about this movie. Yeah, I think this might be... I said before we started recording that I would not be surprised if one of you uh, turned out to have seen it. Uh, by the time we get to the end of it, you remember. But I think this might be the first one that only one person has seen. Yeah, and I'm sure that'll be a case in the future, but this is definitely our first. All right. So uh, we are now showing Tepper the poster for the movie. Tepper, what do you think this movie is about? This is also the first time I'm actually looking at it. Uh, what is this movie about? So the tagline for the movie is... In a world beyond your wildest imagination, a battle for the universe has begun. It's beautiful. Yeah, what it, so, like describe it for us, Tepper, if you uh, could. It's a yeah, like a a void, or, or like there's like this swirl of crazy colors, and behind it is a face of someone, and their eyes are very. Um, vividly showing and then at the bottom there is uh looks like medieval warriors and it's uh it's kind of a crazy looking poster um real lack of detail kind of reminds me of the um uh, never-ending story poster in that not really much is revealed about the movie uh the characters aren't really in focus 
like you don't get a good look at any of them, and you don't really have an idea of who the main character is. I like to assume that swirl is like burrowing into the, that person's face, or just part of it. They opened up their mouth and then just. Oh, they're sucking in all those medieval warriors. Yeah, I mean, this poster makes reminds me more of the Jumanji poster. It's basically the same poster. Yeah, like like you could like like I find the the subject matter on the poster itself is kind of closer to uh, Neverending Story, but like yeah, like just the tagline and the simple details is uh, pretty close to the Jumanji poster. I agree. Uh, in terms of what happens. Um, I think Chris, when you were given the description of it, it's like some, I remember the description just being wild. I can't remember what the actual, what you said was, but it was just kind of like, what the fuck? So, I mean, it's going to be a battle for the universe. And what year was this movie made in? It was released in 1997. Oof, nice. Okay, it's that era of fantasy. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got a good feeling about this one. Is it what is the red above warriors? Is that supposed to be like a person doing martial arts, or is it like mountains? I don't know what. That I mean, is. I think I know what. It I is. would give something away if I said, but it is a um, stylized uh, sort of picture of an animal. Oh, an animal. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I think I know what it's supposed to be, and I do not see. it. I see it. But all right. Who's the main character? The left uh, eye. <laughs> well, we've got left eye, we've got right eye. We have uh, short... That looks like... Is that like a rapier? That looks like a rapier uh, guy. And then there's guy wielding like a scimitar-ish style blade. And there's all the guys on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, who's the main character? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just like it's just like uh, that's where like it goes back to like the never ending story poster. Who knows after after what happened with that movie? I can't really predict main characters off posters anymore. I just can't trust them. Like, I'm really curious what kind of business data we might get out of this movie. Yeah, you know you know who I will predict. I, I think like I'm I'm gonna go on the side of scimitar guy because he's not wielding a rapier two handed. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with some guitar guy. Very critical of the sword technique off the <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> well, he's going to lose that fight. He's got a shorter sword, thinner. He's not wielding it properly. Well, you don't know yet. He might have virtue on his side. <laughs> In fact, he might be a warrior of virtue. Uh, he might have some other friends that are very virtuous, making them warriors. All right. See you after the movie. Can I survive when I have destroyed the last life spring in town? No. No. And do you expect me to stay in a world where I cannot survive? And we're back. So, what did everyone think? That was incredible. <laughs> I picked the main right main character. No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, of the ones on the poster? Yes. Ryan is on the poster. I assume he's the eyes? Yeah, Ryan is the boy 
who has a disability, which is peer pressure. Uh, and then he goes to a magical world and helps kangaroos fight a fashion man. And he is definitely on the poster. He watches kangaroos fight a fashion man. He helps. He read the book. So, like, I don't know if you guys are doing this on purpose or it's just coincidence, but goddamn, have the last couple of movies been, like, the same <laughs> in terms of, like, that, in, in terms of that structure. Like, it's like, we're just seeing variations of bullies, business moms, business dads. <laughs> hey, now, there's no such thing as a business mom. This was a yeah. lady business dad. <laughs> Get it right. But uh, th- that's what I was going to transition into is uh, this movie is so 90s. Like, oh, yeah. Like, extra 90s. One thing I want to point out is that in the cast list, Angus McFadden is first, and he's the one that plays Komodo. Yes, accurate. That is because he is the main character. Yes. Oh, this yeah. is a you. You're you're saying that this is an Othello situation. Ryan is second. <laughs> but yeah, like this movie is just like the slang, like like even more so than the other movies we've watched. Like just so aggressively nineties. Yeah. Like every the multiple earrings on one ear of yeah. the bully Brad. Yeah, the bully, the bikes, football being so important. Like, like there's just, like, all these things where it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, football and kung fu and comics about kung fu. Yes. And yeah, 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 there's, like... Uh, because all of those things require a working leg. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, way, the way Ming cooks, yes, you do need a working leg. <laughs> Uh, so, so sorry. Just like, so just to get my impression on the movie overall. If I was to critically break down this movie, um, probably the technical aspects of the movie, like, and if you would like comb over the story structure and like stuff like that, it's probably trash. Oh yeah, there's lots of stuff that just doesn't make sense. But like, goddamn, if it didn't have like a, it was fun. It, Whenever Komodo, uh, Komodo, is it Komodo? Komodo is on screen. Komodo. Yeah. That dude carried the movie. Oh, like, yeah. Like, without him, this movie would just be, like, so much worse than it already is. His, his minions were pretty good, too, when they used them right. Yeah. He was my favorite character, though, by far. <laughs> his minions were weirdly toddlerish for no explained reason. Like, they were just very... Or maybe, like, they they had the intelligence of, like, dogs. Like, it was... Yeah, I was thinking about, like, we'll go into that some more, because I have a theory about that in the context of the movie. General but... Grillo was smart. Yeah. Yes. He is the only one. <laughs> but, like, this movie is just, like... Whenever I thought he couldn't get better, he managed to just do something where I'm like, God, God damn, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> no... It was so good. He knew, Angus McFadden knew what kind of movie he was in. Like, he knew, like, oh, it's chew up the scenery time. All right. I'm on board. Um, Dennis Dunn, uh, who's Ming, the kung fu chef, uh, he also knew what kind of movie he was in. Like, he really sold his part, too, and, like, was very good and entertaining. Though a surprisingly short uh, cameo, almost. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, I posted the the quote. So after the movie ended, I quickly looked up uh, its Wikipedia page, 
And in the reception section is the quote that I posted in our chat, which is, um, Warriors of Virtue received overwhelmingly negative reviews from critic, critics. <laughs> Film critic Kale Klein of the Carlsbad current uh, Argus was so physically distressed by the film that he yeah. actually vomited during the initial screenings. So, uh, ugh. <laughs> Like I, 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 w- I wondered when we were going to talk about this thing because it's like the only fact about this movie that you can find. Um, it <laughs> that just strikes me as something a dumb critic would say, yeah, and not a thing that actually happened. No, no. Like the, the the much more relevant thing to this is uh, what uh, Siskel said, which is generic junk made for an international action market, a cheap hybrid of Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, and Captain Planet. But it was expressly not those things, because there's no morphing or lasers. (laughs) Ming told us so. (laughs) And then then they got dangerously close to morphing and lasers at the very end. He was like, oh, I read the book, you know that secret laser power you have? Use that. Oh, oh, now we should... (laughs) Yeah, so it has an 18% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's actually much worse than the sequel, which I'm surprised about. Which was also what I was going to mention, is that the, I, I didn't know if you guys knew, but yeah, there's a directed dvd sequel made in 2002. There sure is. <laughs> That's exciting. I have never seen that. Um, so, I had the toys for this. Um, like, not all of them, but an awful lot of them. Uh, um... <laughs> yeah, uh like I they might still be in my parents' house even. Um like Mosley, who's like the rhino man, I had him. I had him for sure. They made toys for this movie. Oh hell yes. I've seen those toys before. Okay, I, I definitely agree with you, Chris, what you're saying is that they expected to make a lot more of these movies. Yes. They should have. <laughs> they made. Mm, they should have made Komodo the like spinoff. Yeah, just can I just have Komodo's daily life as a movie? He's just like, oh, yelling at everyone all the time. He's a really. I liked him as a villain. Oh um, no, he's he is one of the best villains I have ever seen. Like he, yeah, he's just so good. Elaborate like execution trap, fashion, his bed. Like, his bed, his chair, his makeup. Him making sure he looked good in purple. <laughs> what was the, We were saying the lipstick's only on the upper lip? Yeah. Like, yeah. his his fake makeout with prob- if it was If it was a more modern movie, probably every single one of his people. <laughs> uh, the weird uh, woman uh, minion... His two Barbarocious? <laughs> yeah. Is that her name? That is her oh my name. God. I was gonna call her knife fingers. <laughs> that I is her call function. Her spider lady. Spider lady. Yeah, this this movie is just so <laughs> Oh man. Okay, but maybe we should let's let's start from the beginning. So Oh, you wanna go through it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's let's chronologically go through this and break this shit down. This movie deserves it. Uh, the, the, yeah, so so the movie opens up with the shot of the beads breaking, then it goes to to the modern day, and 
uh, he's reading comic books, and, like kung fu comic. And he's books. loving it. He's he's looking at he's looking at comic kung fu comic books that have no words. Yes, uh, and the dog has to feed him. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe you're talking about dog uh, dog nanny. Yeah, yeah. The dog was like smart enough to grab a piece of toast, find the kid, drop it, and then like leave. The lady business dad later says to the dog. Make sure Ryan eats his dinner. Like she, these these are tasks that she gives the dog. And every little boy wants a piece of toast covered in dog drool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he reads that, but then okay. So then the most bizarre part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Or the yeah. best. Hard, hard cut to kung fu okay. culinary. <laughs> does it does it become relevant for like almost anywhere else? In the rest of the movie has no real plot. Re- like, oh, the, this scene. I want is... that to be an anime. Their relationship's not really explained. Yeah, he... it's like la- it's later mentioned that his mom pays for him to go there for food. Something like that. Yeah. It's weird. It's like he's a latchkey kid, and this is the restaurant that he goes where like you know because she's a business lady so but yeah so like but yeah let's getting back to it so like chef um does crazy yeah ming does crazy kung fu moves he's he's wang chi from uh big trouble in little china he's awesome uh so does all these kung fu moves to make food throws food across the room for the kid to catch on his plate. Like we were talking about, like, he better hope the health inspector never comes in when he's doing that shit. <laughs> what? What is what is unhealthy about that? Well, and also just like and just like kicking above a a, a, a lit stove. He had to turn the faucet on to cool down the pan. <laughs> That's what he was doing with that yes, kick, it by the Yeah. And also cleaning his towel. I, I I could just imagine them hiring like a new cook, and the guy just goes, "It's like, what the fuck are you doing?" Well, the restaurant is called Ming's, though, so it's never yeah, clear yeah, if he yeah, oh, yeah. he does live above it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna assume that he owns it, right? Like that's kind of what we assumed. So why do people yell at him? At, do, does anybody it. actually yell at him? Yeah, yeah, actually, it, the kid yells at, but not at Ming. No, in the in the first scene where we see him, he's right, like yeah, up yeah. there giving uh, sage advice to Ryan, yeah, yeah, uh, then, the child, and then and then a, another person comes in and yells at him. Yeah. No, it doesn't yell at him. He's he's telling. I think he's telling everyone that like lunch rush is starting. Get, uh, get yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. There are points where that restaurant has a million people working in it. Yeah, yeah. that kitchen is loaded with people. And, like, there's no space for, for them to, like, they can't access half the kitchen because he's doing flips. <laughs> also, it was, like, standing room only, so I don't know where he gets the room to do flips. Yeah. Uh, so, but then we're we're told about the ancient Chinese secret of not watching Power Rangers. Yeah, and, the, like, the elements, which doesn't include, I believe, air. Or is it? Yeah, it was air. Correct. It's not not included. Yes. Air is replaced yeah. with wood and metal. Yeah, it is 
earth, fire, metal, wood, and water. The classic yeah, elements. It's the five traditional elements, more or less. It's because air air's hard to show visually. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a budgetary thing. Just leaves. So then we find ourselves in the football game. Yeah. Um, to which he's a water boy. Because he has a uh, because he he has a disabled leg, on which he wears a brace. So the football thing was actually one of the more coherent things in the movie. Um, the whole movie was coherent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> in terms of a, a like, it's something that is called back to multiple times and is like a running thing through the movie. Um, the the one thing with that. With the football game, though, his, it was like, I can't remember who mentioned it, but they act like it's the climax of the movie. Like, the way that whole scene is, sh- is, um, is shot, it's like they just won, like, the finals. Well, that's because the bullies won their movie. Yeah. Their, mo- <laughs> their movie's over. <laughs> uh, I, I don't feel that it was entirely a coherent scene because like what he starts cheering and then everyone starts cheering and then he immediately loses focus on what's going on around him and sad cue sad music and there's two vague shots of him maybe looking at a girl one of which she gets covered up by a poster yeah yeah sorry let me let me rephrase that not that the scene was coherent but that like the the emotion of the scene of like his connection to football yeah, uh, yeah, that that was a coherent thing running through the movie that was constantly called back to. The actual scene itself was like I was saying, like it was kind of weird. Like you like like you actually described it in the best way I think possible is that yeah, the bullies just had the climax of their movie. Um, but like yeah, like yeah, he like looks at these like random girls and they're never actually like I don't think they're actually named, and. Um, it's not super focused like the scene and there's just a bunch of stuff that like never pays off or is never expanded upon in this scene it's a it's so it's just that he gets an idea for a play that yeah he that the bully needs to do and the coach is like shut up (laughs) shut up water boy yeah no the 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 coach never interacts with ryan oh no the coach tells brad to shut up yeah the coach tells them to do a play uh brad's like no that's not a very good idea and then ryan gives him a good play never once interacting with the coach and the coach is very surprised about what he's what brad's doing (laughs) yeah so like actually think about that scene some more i don't think i think like the idea behind the whole scene is good but the way it's shot, I think, betrays itself. Because you you think it's confusing that there's like a climb. I think they're just trying to reference sports movies. No, not even that. I think it's like what they're going for is like when when Ryan looks at the girl. I think the thing is isn't that like he has some connection to her? It's that the admiration that she is showing towards the winning players is something that he desires. Yeah, he wants he wants to be a real boy so he can like play football and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be an athlete. He wants to have like the respect of his peers in the same way that those people in the stands um, 
respect the players. But I feel like the scene, especially concerning most of us, thing like I don't think the scene properly conveys it in a good way. So then, his uh, token black friend walks him home, and and yells at the bullies and makes a fuss. And then gets upset at Ryan for following <laughs> along with what he starts. <laughs> um, man, Brad is a good uh, bully villain. Like the this group of bullies was the most coherent, and like they they had a plan and they had an arc. Yeah, yeah. There was such depth to these bullies. Yeah, yeah. They were far more people than any bully we've seen up till now. Homicidal 60s bullies. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, this guy, like, initially, like, I was, like, when he was, like, yeah, no, that was a good call. Like, I was, like, wait, he's actually giving credit? Like, what? Maybe, maybe this guy isn't just going to be, yeah, like, a homicidal 60s bully. Like, what I expected to happen, <laughs> weirdly enough, was when they showed up at the meeting spot, which we're going to talk about in a second... Is like for them to just basically like ambush them and like beat them to a pulp. Because <laughs> I'm so used to like the crazy fucking hunt you down bullies of the previous movies we've been watching uh, that are basically kill squads. Um, but yeah, like uh, I actually really enjoyed that where he was like, yeah, like after a second he was like, yeah, you know, like good, good call on that. And hey, you want to come hang out? Yeah, he was genuinely inviting them to be part of the group. Yeah. Do you think he is? Do you think he is like, hey, hang with me? Yeah, like, he, he's... I, in order to get into this group, I was hazed, and now I'm part of it, and it's great. I want you to be part of it. Like, he... Yeah. More, mostly, positively eggs Ryan on yeah. in the scene later. In a hazing manner, but... Uh, but we'll get to that, because first we go back to Lady Business Dad... And her mention, and her first mention of what she does, which is go in and out of doors, which very much confused me. Yeah, but then yeah. we find out that means that she sells houses. Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah. So Lady Business Dad sucks at making dinner. Uh, Ryan wants to know where his dad is, who we've never seen. So as far as we know, his dad is an illusion, created by created by Komodo. Yeah. <laughs> In my AU, Komodo is his father. That's what um, I was thinking, too. And they're all wolves. Cat <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking damn it. So, all, all, all five of the uh, kangaroos are actually his father. So he... Oh, man, that's way better than what I said. Um, he goes back to Ming's, um, and uh, Ming gives him a magic book. Well, after there was, like that, there was that sequence, though, where like the waiter starts yelling at him... Because he's a kid wandering around a busy kitchen. Like, yeah, yeah he's, fuck he's, off, kid. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, standing but, in the middle of the room. Yeah, but you would think, like, if he's there enough that he's on, like, good terms with the owner, like, the waiter is kind of be like, hey, kid, like, you know, like, go that way. Not just, like, stand there for, like, a minute yelling at him. Business dad gave him 20 bucks. He should have gotten a table like a normal person. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. I just say within the logic of the movie. Yeah, so he trips up a, a Chinese uh, chef who does not speak English, to which Ming manage, saves completely and the four dishes he was carrying, and then takes Ryan upstairs to show him 
a manuscript, which is not a book. Yeah, um, but also he has, like, the whole, like, thing with the egg. Right? Oh, it was the cocoon. Oh, oh the, butter- okay. the butterfly egg. <laughs> Sorry. It was a moth. I, I kind of was like, I was kind of bored at that point in the movie. Like, I was like, uh, let's, when are we going to get to... Be... The battle for the universe had already begun. How could you... <laughs> no, be it hadn't. It hadn't begun. Stop telling the, me it began, because it didn't. The, the, the tagline of the movie poster would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was kind of... Yeah, but anyway, I was kind of bored with the, with the movie at that point. So anyway, there was some metaphor using hatching whatever uh yeah growing into your true self or something yeah well no he he like got it he found a cocoon when he was a little boy and uh when the thing inside started to like rustle or whatever he ripped it open and it flew away but then it fucking died (laughs) Uh, because because he like interrupted its journey so he kept the cocoon forever to remind him that he's a murderer that's why he lost his power. And also, here's an ancient and powerfully and impossibly important book. Oh, do you think this is a never-ending story situation where he, like, knows, like, yeah, that this yeah. is a magic book where he's going to be sucked into a thing? Yeah, like, parts of this movie, I just kind of was like, uh, get to the saving of the universe, please. Never really get there. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> we totally do. The universe was only in threat because of everything Ryan had done up until that point. <laughs> All right, maybe. But but, but I, I think I think he knew, like, because he said, like, because like he said, like, it will help you, blah blah blah, so, like grow into your true self. So like, I feel like he got his kung fu powers because he was chilling there for a bit. Because they talk about outsiders coming in, so I'm assuming this guy was there before the start of the movie, had his fun dipped and yeah okay i i've always interpreted this as like this is all a thing that happens in ryan's mind and ryan made up all this shit um well so ming tells him tells ryan about dao which start which is spelled t-a-o so obviously it's spelled it's pronounced tau as everyone does in the movie (laughs) (laughs) yep the 90s um yeah and ryan's just like that's dumb and leaves and then goes goes to a uh what is that an abandoned water tunnel or whatever yeah and meets up w- and meets up with bullies to which what what's his friend's name chuck chuck really yes okay. chuck the bully calls him up chuck oh good that's, that's very good uh, he's a good bully they, yeah, they they lead them into a dark tunnel, but they give them flashlights, to which Chuck suggests that the bullies are going to uh, eat their penises. Yes, and and their balls. Yes, like like a hot dog and meatball. Yeah, the classic combination. Fine foods. Don't judge my diet. Um, they they send Ryan down a ladder and across like a hard metal bridge and he seems to have no issue with this despite the fact that his leg does not work uh and then we get to the ritualistic hazing spot of the bullies of poseidon (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so this is where like uh, 
where I actually like like the bullies in this movie because um, yeah, so so the main guy Brad or whatever, you know, like he goes across and like we were talking about earlier, it's like as much as he's like insulting Ryan, at the same time it's like that hazy like it like in a in a hazing way where it's like come on coward like go faster, but at the same time he's like you can do it. Um, like, it's this mix of negative and, uh, positive comments. Yeah. Like, I think, I think Brad is genuinely trying to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that was the feeling that I got was like, yeah, yeah, Brad was like, hey man, like, yeah, come mark your name on the wall and you can, you're, you're part of the group. Congrats. This is a multi-generational bully group and this is just how it's been for generations. Yeah, exactly. It's it, Poseidon demands sacrifice. <laughs> so, so there is there is a like cistern or something, and there is a uh, water output. Uh, there's like a giant pipe suspended above them, yeah. and a endless vortex of water below them. Um, yeah, and there's nothing, like nothing feeding it. There it is just... a, no, but but it just swirls forever, and like you can't see the end. <laughs> Um, there's a, uh, narrow pipe that you can walk across and there's graffiti all over the other side. So their ritual is that, that you have to cross and like sign your name and then you can be part of the group. Yeah. And like, okay, well, like one, that, that pipe is way too narrow. Like, I really think that way more people would have fallen, uh, that just, just right. No, they're all football players. No, like, I mean, there's probably been a lot of sacrifices to Poseidon. <laughs> The town, the town, igno- the the town knows it and has and doesn't say anything. <laughs> Our water shall be purified with your blood. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, Brad goes across and they're like, go and do it, and like, a couple of people are like, hey, Brad, that's kind of like a dick move. Like his leg is fucked. Like, leave him alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually feel like she. I feel like she was the true bully because I imagine if he actually backed down, she would have just been like. Man, you're such a loser, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was expecting out of her. Um, Whereas Brad was just so supportive. Yeah, yeah, Brad, Brad was, like, pretty down Brad was an equal mix of supportive and a bully. Yeah, yeah, like, he he's, like, aggressive. Uh, yeah. I, I've met people like him before. It's it's interesting. Um, oh, yeah, he's he's yeah. a real person, unlike the roving squads of murder bullies. <laughs> I, I really identified Brad as a kid with... Uh, Terry, who was my bully at elementary school. If you're out there, Terry, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's and if he's not out there, you won. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I have his power. <laughs> but yeah, no. But but yeah, there is a guy I had on and off fights with. I think in grade like in, in early elementary school, but who was very similar in that regard. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, like, this whole thing, and then he goes to Cross, and his friend is like, yo, man, like, let's back out, like, this is, this is dumb, let's leave. Let's get, like, Tom and cruise out of here. <laughs> oh, that line. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, so, he begins to cross, and it's going okay, and then Brad chooses this time to mention, by the way, that pipe up there, sometimes it just shoots water. Don't know when. <laughs> yeah. And then Poseidon demands his sacrifice. And yeah, so the water comes out when he's in the middle of it. And uh, what made me think, like, yeah, Brad was actually, like, 
or or you know maybe this is just freaking out because he'll have actual consequences but like when ryan like falls like he does look pretty upset um about ryan falling. oh yeah yeah he was very shocked and very worried yes um whether that is like genuine concern or an oh shit, like I might get in trouble for this. But then again, you get there's... the sense that this has never happened before, and that like that is a uh, a threat that he makes, but he doesn't. Yeah, like you, um, especially at the end, you get the sense that he hasn't seen this happen before. Um. Yes. Yes. So. The, so. Yeah. Then Ryan falls into the water and gets transported to Tau. Yes, where where he wakes up. Yes, the the lion, the witch, and the shit bull. I was just it's kind of an off brand Dagobah. It's kind of a swamp yeah. place. Like it's it's a beautiful magical land where everything's a fucking swamp. Well, that's Komodo's <laughs> fault. He he took all of the life streams. But not in that area. No, he took that area. Well, there's only one life stream left, and that's why the village looks not quite as shitty. Uh, excuse me, it's a life spring. Sorry, spring. Life stream is Final Fantasy. Pay attention um, to the deep lore of this movie, John. So he wakes up in Dagobah, and the first thing he does is check that he is dry. <laughs> and indeed he is. Then he's Then he checks for where people are, and there aren't any. Then he takes a pike to the to the, the backpack and no he he has one of the best lines in the movie delivered to him <laughs> hey you <laughs> just <laughs> pike throw by kind of a of an evil fashion minion of the first of many we will see in in ra- radical black and gold that uh, <laughs> that line delivery <laughs> his hey you uh, his backpack completely saves him from any harm presumably yeah. thanks to the manuscript of Tao. Which he loses immediately. Uh, somehow. Because he is then saved by a blur of 90s uh, practical effects makeup. Uh, Yun, who we never, who we like, don't know is that person yet. He then runs away from, from the soldiers that are trying to murder him, then realizing that he's capable of running and his leg is no longer broken, as he claims it was previously. He then begins to play football with himself yeah. immediately after almost being murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird, like, just, yeah, shortly after almost being murdered. And then gets jumped again and almost murdered. By, by one of my favorite characters, Mudlap. <laughs> When your parents set you up for failure with your name. <laughs> I feel like he chose Mudlap. <laughs> he didn't choose Mudlap, the Mudlap chose him. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, then he gets rescued he by... Gets saved by, again. Yeah, yeah, by the woman. Which then brings us to the introduction of the best character, and the main character of the movie. Komodo. Komodo. Yeah, he's just everything. He's so perfect. He's let's. I mean, let's go down the list. Fashion on point. Nails on point. Lipstick, killing it. Magic. 
on it. Var- various kinds. Crazy, insane uh, monologues yeah. <laughs> that are rambling and terrifying. Weirdly, like, comfortable looking beds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, great th- uh, chair that he moves with his own magic. That chair! <laughs> it's so good. It's so uh, but before meeting him, we see we see our we see our original pike attacker carrying the backpack and we meet general bald not to be confused with <laughs> the bald twins and the army of bald soldiers um who tells him that komodo's not going to be happy that things occurred basically uh, oh, also Komodo's hair on point. Oh, oh yes. Thank you. Thank I, you. That I assume that is why he demands the uniform of baldness in his troops, <laughs> so that he is the only one with fabulous hair. Um, no others may challenge him. Uh, the backpack is presented. The soldier is sent into the maw of a of a death pit. The shadow realm. Yeah, yeah. As as full of knives as it is in the original Japanese uh, version of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah, and then his the backpack is torn apart. Uh, what's the woman's name? Barbarocious. Barbarocious is seen licking some object, and the bald twins are playing with other items, and General Bald finds. Uh, the manuscript of Tao. Not a book. Not a book. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, the guy was sent to his death and grabs the book, but only the, they go, only the kid can read it, and it's like, bring him to me alive, and so begins the, the on the bad guy's side, the hunt for Ryan. And so we see, uh, we see the, we see the hobbits uh travel into the village thanks to thanks to the kind elf lady yeah upon their small boat um i don't is the village named the life spring <laughs> the, the last, last life spring, spring. Yeah. i will say before we move on i think like most of the most of the scenes taking place in like the villain's stronghold were pretty like decently shot and coherent in camera angle and motions they wanted to convey and yeah i i think that yeah those and the fight scenes i think they're actually like i love the fights in this movie i i've seen fights with worse choreography I'll just um say that. and i th- <laughs> i think that um the it it would be very easy to this be a movie where they tried to make puppets that you could fight in and that failed but like Making them kangaroos, uh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, uh, that's a cool... Like, you you see the work there of, like, we'll give them tails, and they can, like, kung fu with their tails and and shit like that. Yeah, they do take, like, the action scenes take advantage. Like, like it's it's pretty decently choreographed. Like, it's not... like Like I said, I've seen worse action choreography in, like, big budget action movies than I have in this movie. Um, so, we reach the village of people plus the occasional minotaur and rhino minotaur, and um, I guess some excuse me, people. Excuse me, you were talking about Willy Beast and Mosley. 
I don't believe you. <laughs> so, so kind of like the middle point of this movie dealing with like the village and stuff was really boring. Yeah. Anything without Komodo in it was pretty subpar. True. Yeah. Komodo or like not an action scene was just, yeah, it was, it was like, I just found myself like, you didn't like this toy commercial, this 20 minute toy commercial that's in the middle of this movie. Yeah. I, I just found myself checking out mentally at the middle of yeah. this movie with all the stuff. Cause I was just like, get so, to the saving of the universe now, please. Master Chung uh, wants the book from Ryan. Ryan's like, show me the warriors of virtue. He does. He's only got four of them. Cause one of them left. They are Kung Fu kangaroos with the power of, uh, the five elements, water, earth, fire, metal, and wood. And they all have neat personalities and a cool weapon and, like, abilities and stuff. Vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. Um, one of them, uh, Sh- Shun, uh, who is Earth, is the girl. Like, yes. v- that, and that is the whole character. And she has the worst-looking face because it is it's there's not as much of a muzzle as everyone else because I think they want to make her look more feminine. Why? It Did they do that? does not translate well. They tried to make her look like more human, which just made it worse. So much worse. So <laughs> I much love worse. it. Um, Ryan doesn't have the book. He's like, but one of you saved me. One of you has the book. And they're like, what? There's only four of us here. Who could this fifth one have been? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, we get to learn a little bit more about the woman who saved him in that she... She asked, how are your parents? Oh my god, I love that. And then, and then he's just like, they're pretty nice. Yeah, they're and fine. her response is, "My pa- I never got to meet my parents. So that was basically like if you went on a blind date with a D&D character. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are your parents? Uh, they're alright. They like, you know, are business people. What about your parents? Oh, they were tragically killed, and then my brother later, and my life is misery in magic land here. Um, tell me about football. Just the fact that she brought up parents. Like, she had to know that that was coming. <laughs> um, so we learned a little bit about her, kind of, and then we see her and Ryan hang out, and then Ryan gets kidnapped but then saved yet again by water. Yun. I, don't, I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, what was it? And, and, she, and she mentions that um, uh, her, her brother is dead. Yeah. Um, and... Ryan reminds her of him. Yes, yeah, you remind me of my dead brother. Um, As he gets grabbed by Bar- Barbarossa. Barbarocious. Eh. <laughs> Barbalicious. That, I like that one. That one is very good. Um, one thing I did want to say about, so the uh, kangaroos, the ruse, sorry, they're ruse, we're told multiple times. Um, they <laughs> they uh, are called kangaroos like once. I still vote for worry ruse. Worry ruse. Um they're voiced by like uh, just a smattering of voice actors who worked a lot in the mid to late nineties. So I, uh, all of them worked on Beast Wars. Um, nice. So yeah, Yun, or whatever you said, saves Ryan Water. for a second time. 
Yes, uh, uh, water saves Ryan with the power of Yun. <laughs> uh, and he's just like, Do you, you have the manuscript, right? He's like, no. He's like, well, then they must have it. He's like, that's too bad. I, I don't fight anymore. And, and Ryan's just like, that's dumb. And Yun agrees and takes him back to the village. <laughs> it, was yeah. actually, it was great how easy he convinced him. It's like, he's like, you're a coward. Like, he says, like, some, like, 90s slang. I can't I can't remember what exactly he said. Wimp. Yeah, but there, like, there's some other stuff, too, he said. Uh, and then, like... Stupid d- horse. Yeah, then, like, 20 seconds later, he's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent a lot of this movie thinking like how much Ryan would like beat up uh both kid uh Robin Williams and um what's real life guy from Never Ending Story called? I've forgotten his name already. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah, oh yeah, like Ryan would definitely have bullied them. <laughs> <laughs> like those are wimps. Ryan is feisty. Um but yeah, so we return to the village, we have a scene of the ruse reuniting and it's maybe has an emotion um and, and then it's a sweet uh handshake going on that's later i think love that handshake is that now uncertain i, I can't remember um um it doesn't really matter all the village stuff blurs together ryan teaches the silent metal uh, how to do a handshake, and he never manages to escape it. <laughs> Roll credits. I think we go back to Komodo. Either way, I want to go back to Komodo. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, I don't even know what happens. We get more scenes of him doing Komodo things. Oh, he's lying in his he's he's lying in his bed, and he's just like. Why? Why isn't the boy here? Oh, you know what happens? It was uh, because when the general and uh, water fight, water's like in your heart. You know, we were like friends once. Blah 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 blah. And you know, have a conscience, man. And uh, beats him up, and then he returns to Komodo and goes, um, "I got my ass beat uh, by these people, and so I don't have the kid." Yeah, the uh the the five warriors are back together. Um and to which Komodo a- asks the most important question, how do I look in purple? I just I adore this man. I think that was a compelling villain thing though cuz he's got like crazy <laughs> inane minions and he kind of like acts like an insane person when they're there and then he sends them out and then he has this moment with General Grillo where he's like actually telling him his plan. Um, and then he asks him if he looks good. Yeah. Which, like, I like their relationship. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, yeah. I like the general and I li- like in how he interacted with uh, most people in that movie. Uh, he was kind of interesting. Um, so, how did how does Alicia get captured? Who? The she girl. Doesn't. The girl? No, I'm pretty sure she goes... Oh, to... she doesn't. So She's a defector. She... she... Uh, a she traitor, goes, a heathen. She goes to bring some food to the warriors and Ryan. This is when we get our handshake scene. Now I remember. Oh, 
Um, uh, they mention that they're gonna have to steal the book. Sorry, not a book, it's a manuscript. Uh, and then she backs away silently with the tray of food, and then we later, I think, see her sleeping, or maybe it's an empty bed, and then we're back at Komodo's place, and... She's gone full evil. Curled her hair and everything. New outfit, new makeup, looking good, hanging out with Komodo, what could be better? So, she was there, she needed to get, she needed her medicine. Whatever exactly that meant. Oh, what what is it called? I can I cannot remember. Zethurium, Ethereum. Yeah, Zethurium, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is that was he feeding her life stream? Yeah. Yeah. And to keep her young? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Feel like somebody else should have noticed that at some point. I didn't really know what the medicine was about. Apparently it was that. Uh they chase each other around the bed. And almost, and almost kiss. And she mentions their plans. Uh, three of the ruse plan to go take the book back. There's a bunch of intermediate scenes that I honestly don't remember. They're not important. So we, so the the ruse arrive at at Komodo Castle or whatever exactly it is. There's the book. It's just sitting there on a pedestal. But wait, it's an illusion. And then metal uh, braces shoot out of the walls and grab all of the ruse, including the one who can maybe control metal. I don't think he can control metal. Those things were really accurate too. Like, like that—that that is technology that I think is a little beyond uh, the capacity of that civilization. It's magic. He's a sorcerer. He's not a. Yeah. He's not a techno man. Like Komodo might have just been standing around the corner and controlled them with his magic, because we definitely see yeah. him do things like that. Yeah, so okay, yeah, knows. yeah, I, I could buy that. Like the chair. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a whole section it for is that chair. The best way to move around. Um, so then he just to make it more obvious that this isn't Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but wants to be mentions making kangaroo stew. Yeah. And like uh, does like a like a full recipe. It was actually a lot. It was actually a lot of fun. Like that, I actually really like yeah. that one. Yeah, when that scene started, I'm just like, oh, he's just the shredder because he wants to make turtle soup. But no, he really made that his own. I'm going to I'm going to f- make you into stew and feed you to the outs- to the newcomer. Which great villainous plan? Yeah, diabolical. Um, to which we had previously gotten a scene where Mud Mudlap, yep, uh, told Ryan that he could take him to the manuscript if he, in exchange for his watch. He then got captured by the general, which was what Mudlap had also agreed to do. But then we have Master Chung, Chung. I think it's Master Chung. Yeah, we have him poke the general yeah. in in one of his chakras i guess with he's a... he's the yoda of the franchise this is the thing ming says something about like with a touch you can like fuck up a dude <laughs> those words exactly <laughs> <laughs> that what what ming does in his personal life <laughs> um 
But yeah, then he goes like, yeah, no, I got messed up by the guy. What what was that move if you were going to make it in, like, a role-playing game? Because what he does is he, like, Stunning hits him fist. in the chest. Mm, he hits him in the chest with a stick. He delivers a line to him, and then he flies away with the boy. <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the line is delivered to the dude psychically. And he is blown back into a tree, like, five seconds later. He's a monk and also a psionic character. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so then the ruse are sent into into the maw of the trap we previously saw, to which it's revealed it's full of knives and also spinning blades at the bottom. And fire. It was very elaborate. Yes. Uh, is there fire? I know. Yes. He... At the very bottom, underneath the spinning blades, is fire. Oh, yep. right. That's how you make stew. That they makes sense. they narrowly escape, but metal loses their uh, ring, which I don't know why we care. Um, I will say at this point that there was like a barrel latch uh, that we had um, in our chicken coop because I grew up on a farm, and I used to like use that as the metal thing and like pretend I like I remember very clearly like playing. As the metal kangaroo. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so then a bunch of other stuff happens. I guess, is, does Ryan get captured again, or is the... Uh, no, no, no. It? Ryan is hanging out with Master Chung, and Master Chung's all like, Ryan, you gotta read the fucking right. book, Ryan, and like, it's in your heart, and don't worry, yeah. and uh, whiz, kung fu wisdom. Um, and then Komodo shows up, thank God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Master Chung and Komodo have a fight. Uh, Komodo cuts like a giant stone pillar in half and kills Master Chung. By by lightly grazing his oh, face. Also, fuck you, Ryan. Master Chung told you to run and you hung out. And that's why Master Chung died. You uh, well, shit. Well, it was like I said, it's like new kid ruins everything. Like he brings in the, the key, like the like a powerful artifact, loses it right away causes like the master to die like it's like god damn it kid um yeah kids in these 90s movies were just the worst well like a lot of the kids in the nine in these in 90s movies are important to the plot though ryan very tangentially yeah and then komodo captures him yeah brings him back uh so that i think at this point we get the city or the village attack yes um but we don't care about them yeah the village is it's fine that we see two kangaroos get a bit of fight in uh and we see pintel from pirates of the caribbean you know what is it stupid ruse stupid ruse yeah well and what was it uh, and then he gets a flower thrown into his mouth um yeah so then ryan wakes up and uh what's her name is there the girl and then she alicia goes, has gone yeah. full evil yeah and she goes like he killed my brother and then he's like no no you lie and has the empire strikes back moment um yeah he being water right yeah yes yeah but it again this is like one of those things that doesn't really pay off in any significant way because like it doesn't make ryan really question anything regarding i guess it delivers some plot relevant information that comes in handy later but like i feel like the reason that ryan cannot read the book is because of the doubts he has which is caused by this moment you see yeah. like see if the movie was more coherent i would say yes but i don't think they're that clever 
Um, so then Komodo tells him to read the book. He can't. It's completely blank. So he tell, bestows upon him the words, what was it? Shit happens? Shit, Shit happens. happens. Good line. Um, he tells him to read the book and like throws him across the room. And the lady's just like, maybe don't kill him. Yeah. And she does like some weird like move. Oh yeah. She, yeah. I guess she also has magic. She like throws she a She uses a magic scarf. at the start to save him from Mudlap. She throws a knife at Mudlap. That's not magic. I think she, like, flies into or out of a thing, too. I mean, she, oh, she yeah, flies she, fly. she flies away with him, that is true. I forgot about that. That's definitely not, that might just be what humans do in this world. <laughs> yeah, as far as we know, that's just how people move around. Wire foo. Um, so she throws a scarf and it wraps around his hand, and then she is immediately murdered by Barbalicious. Yes. And Komodo is unhappy with this, because... I guess she's the only person he wanted alive. So he murders Barbalicious, presumably, by throwing her against the wall with magic. Oh, you know what's another uh, funny scene that happened earlier in the movie was when uh, Barbalicious tries to kidnap him and he, like, stuffs dirt in her mouth? That hasn't happened yet, actually. That's really? later in the movie. Yeah, that's huh. near the end. Really? Wow, I must... <laughs> I guess it would have happened by this point, because she's dead at, in this scene, I think. Yeah, that was during the scene that Master Chung dies. Yeah, he yeah. does run away, and then he yes, comes back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, just stuff's dirt in her mouth. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so then we, we get, uh, Ryan runs off with the book, and all of the, all of the now pr- imprisoned villagers are being walked into the main hall of the castle for some reason, and... Ryan then instructs uh, the Minotaur and the Rhino to play football with him, which I feel like was a cutscene earlier in the movie where he explained what football is yeah. and inter- or even talked to these characters at all. <laughs> uh, they then proceed to be excellent linebackers or something. I don't know football. Football boys. Uh, and Ryan escapes, but not before giving water, uh, Minotaur a high five. That was actually a sick high five. Um, yes, yeah, so, and this this is, like, where I say, like, the football kind of theme, or, I wouldn't say theme, motif, maybe? I'm trying to remember my literary terms, and I'm coming up blank right now. Anyway, it's a football thing, it pays off at the end. Good work, movie. Yeah, yeah like, it does its bare minimum of story work. Yeah, like I don't I didn't really pay attention. I don't know if he like did the same thing that he told Brad to do earlier. No. I, I don't think so. It was more like him like this was what he had always dreamed of and the way the whole scene was set up was like a football field. So it was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um yeah. It's the only so chance he, you'll get to play football, kid. Oh, so he escapes and we get some I think we have a, a uh, no, we don't really have too much scene without Komodo thankfully um they have uh they have captured the final stream though and so komodo rides up in his chair uh the warriors go to face him they they're like komodo we're here to face you and then komodo delivers the line warriors is it warriors of virtue or just no just warriors come out and play yeah warriors come out and play 
which they have already done, yeah. they came to him. The line the line makes no sense, but it is delivered perfectly. I, I like I was mentioning in the chat. I think like I have to check when. I think it was the movie Warriors. Uh, but if the movie Warriors was released bef- before this movie, which I think it was... Long I, before this movie. Yeah, yeah. Then it, I think it's... it's I like, believe the Warriors is in the late 70s. It was in the late 70s? Okay, yeah. I, I, I haven't watched it. I just know of the one scene from it of, like, Warriors, come out to play, Warriors. So I think he, it was the movie was referencing that. Oh, yeah. There are many... There are many lines from other movies in this movie. How Komodo knows one is a different question, but um so komodo oh that's the thing we should talk about that's why it's a battle for the universe komodo wants ryan to send him back to earth yeah yeah that tau tau is dying because of komodo komodo has been eating all of the life energy or kun no kung kung uh in tau because there there's no real word for for life energy in any Chinese language. Nope. So better go with Kung. Um, so Komodo at one point asks the general, would you have me stay in a world I cannot survive in? Which is quite the question. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like the answer is always no. Yeah. And, and like, he also, like, when he was talking to like Ryan earlier, he was like, like, I'm like a the dark your dark future or something like that like he makes some allusions to basically being like the fate of ryan if he doesn't leave and stuff like that like yeah he wants he wa- he wants to go to earth because it's maybe it has life streams is that what the endless vortex temple to poseidon is a life spring yeah sure. um so so he then makes five of himself which is more than five warriors of virtue can handle. Uh, until until water decides that it isn't more than they can handle and uses his not lightsaber, his magic, his crystal sword with a handle trigger on it. <laughs> we Final Fantasy now shoot shoots Komodo and all of his and all of his. Uh, other selves jump up into the air and disappear <laughs> yeah and well and also like it's kind of weird because like so like moto's there and like ryan shows up and ryan goes like well ryan has to get advice from uh master chung the yoda of the yeah. franchise when he's trying to read right ryan is hitting his head against this blank book over top of the grave of master chung at this point but like what i mean is is he shows up he goes like i can't help you like i am a failure and then like the warriors go like okay i guess we'll just like fight and win i guess yeah and, and, like like right is so inconsequential <laughs> to this plot yeah no very much so he's just like i can't read the book they're like well guess we'll just solve this on our own and you see and, like if this movie was actually clever like this would be a chance to go back to because like the football scene shows ryan is a careful watcher and is smart but that that is what happens he he is able to read the book the book tells him that um there's that when you use the elements together that it's superpowers or whatever and that if you uh take a life you lose part of your power so 
he realizes that Komodo uh, has lost part of his power because he killed... You know, he's killed a bunch of people now. Technically only Master Chung. Oh, is Alicia still alive? And Barbalicious? Alicia was killed by Barbalicious. He killed Barbalicious, probably. He also sent a bunch of people to their deaths. Like, I feel like dropping somebody into a pit is like, you're just as culpable for... Nah, that's not how the world of Tao works. Gravity actually loses its power when you kill people. (laughs) (laughs) It's why people can jump so high. That's why all these dead bodies are floating around. Um, So then, uh, briefly, Komodo is defeated and Master Chun's there and like, Ruse, why you so bad at listening? But it's actually Komodo, I think. And he does something to water. Chokes him. Chokes him, that's it. And then, like, uh, Ryan baits him out, and then they... Ryan shows up and tells them to use their super awesome team-up power, which they haven't used yet for some fucking reason. And then they're like, oh yeah! Use your cereal box collectibles. And then, to which Komodo throws a fireball at Ryan, but then gets exploded by the mighty morphing Power Ranger ruse. Yeah. He was vaporized, not exploded. Yes, sorry, yes. He oh was no, he, he wasn't vaporized. He comes back. He was, he was, he was explode. Like you could see a, cr- you saw a crack form in him, and he was being torn apart. It was a very slow explosion that became vaporization. Um, but uh, Ryan, the reason this succeeded was because Ryan almost died, which took a fireball to the face, took away some of. Co- komodo's power enough that they could defeat him still and by the way he wasn't killed he's just not evil anymore and doesn't remember things and his and his fashion is ruined so like oh yeah fuck this movie now he's worthless and and, you know i found it kind of like suspect when he's like hey i want to go home and they're like you are home i'm like this feels like taking advantage of somebody with amnesia like let, let the guy go home <laughs> like you're kidnapping him <laughs> so that all happens and then ryan's lying there dying and then he continues to be dying and then metal and talks then... oh yeah metal says like thank you thanks yep. yeah thank you and everyone's like whoa he said words do you guys remember that we said that he doesn't talk <laughs> And it wasn't really worth it. No. Um, and then Ryan starts glowing and it gets all fuzzy and he's back in the realish world at the Temple of Poseidon. Yeah, and then he goes, you know what? Fuck peer pressure. I'm leaving. See you and guys. And then he goes and calls the police. Yeah, isn't, I wrote that down. <laughs> Ryan and Chuck are like, let's call 911. Like, you fuckers. To be fair, I think the intention was that they were calling him to help Brad, who yeah. is now stuck. Mm, that, that's the feeling I got as well. That is what we call narking. <laughs> <laughs> These are snitches who are about to get stitches. <laughs> they won't get stitches for another, like, five, ten years. Um, and then... We cut. We come. We go back to outside of house where we see Lady Business Dad return. She tells the dog to be quiet as she goes into Ryan's room. 
tucks him in. He wakes up, says some positive words. Reveals what her job is. Yeah, yeah, she reveals what her job is. Uh, He says he had a virtuous day. The mother is not remotely confused by that sentence. Um... Is that it? No, and yeah, then he tells the it. dog nanny about with the, his magical land. Oh, no. So he looks at his window to find the <clears throat> to find the cocoon from Ming's place just sitting there because Ming definitely broke into his room <laughs> with a message with inside the lid for whatever reason telling him to do positiveness Spread in his virtue. Wings. That's it. Spread your wings. Be be your true self. Virtue it up. And then he tells Dog Nanny all about his fever dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... God, that movie just was so fucking crazy and incoherent in parts and narratively a disaster, I think. Um, that movie is everything I love about like '90s fantasy. Movies. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's so '90s fantasy. Just oh, it's so good in that sense. Um, it needed so much more Komodo though. Yeah, like Komodo carried. Just like, cut out every scene other than the Komodo scenes. Yeah, it definitely needed something. Like Komodo is fun, and we definitely reacted to him. But a lot of the rest of it seems like built by a committee to sell toys and shit. Yeah, <laughs> product placement. Have a delicious can of Pepsi. Yeah, that was like what a garbage dinner. Like, thanks, lady business dad. You're gonna give him Pepsi and burnt cheese. What was she serving him? Uh, microwave lasagna. Uh. Yeah. So that happens. Uh, well, well, that was a thing. So, like, the slang and, like, the insults and, uh, when, when was Terminator 2 released? 1991. Yeah, this is way, this is... Six years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of it is like, that's so cool, or, like, football, and everybody being like, what's that? Like, kind of felt Terminator-ish to me. There's a lot, and there's a lot of, like, dumb lines that Ryan, um... Houston, we have a problem when he goes to the village for the first time. Yeah. What? Yeah, uh, that is because that movie was was only a couple years old at that point, so it was a relevant reference. Uh... Um, that is, I can now I can now reveal the only uh, trivia that's on IMDb about the movie. It is that Ryan quotes two movies that were released. Uh, yes, so Houston, we have a problem from Apollo 13 in 1995, and Shit Happens from Forrest Gump in 1994, both of which starred Tom Hanks. Ryan, big Tom Hanks fan. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of, like, yeah, so a lot of, like, the, the 90s slang dialogue, like, I wouldn't even call it 90s slang, because it feels like movie slang. Like, it feels like, hello, fellow kids, um, material uh, to me. It was really just like, ugh. Well, it's stylized. The movie has to be stylized. But Back to the Future was that, too, you know? It just it just hit it in the right way where this movie kind of doesn't. I yeah. was, was going to say that I think this movie of the um, kid has a problem, goes to fantasy world, comes back to real world movies that we've seen. 
this one has all of them. This one has the most coherent, uh, besides Back to the Future, the 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 eh. the most coherent um, real world plot and the worst fantasy world plot. Yeah, I agree because it was really opposite. Because like in this one, you, we can see the see the because you guys know my huge criticism with Never Ending Story was obviously like nothing changes about them. Um, whereas in this one, it's like yeah, no, there is a the real world plot. Uh, was actually kind of more interesting than the fantasy plot uh, where it's like because like the bullies were obviously much better represented and yeah like when he comes back he goes like yeah you know what nah I'm not gonna do this let's go man and just dips. let's go narc <laughs> <laughs> the movie never touches on it I just realized is he still is, does he still have his injured leg yeah yes okay it just kind of like doesn't bother mentioning whether whether that's happened. Yeah. So, but yeah, like a lot of the dialogue I thought was like super suspect. Um, the costumes, though. The costumes are amazing. Oh, I love them. Some are Especially better than Komodos. others, I think. Yeah, like like Komodo. Goddamn, they nailed like that costume is perfection. Like that guy always looks good. The set design for his castle. Well, I think Komodo and everything about Komodo, even like. Um, his minions and like the outfits that they have and like they they nailed like oh, okay this is a creepy evil empire a fashion empire yeah yeah no like it is uh his empire the scenes within his empire his castle like i i really enjoyed all of those like that was actually like those were the scenes that woke me up basically whereas like the village was um village was too samey like it was just swamp and savages living in the swamp yeah so but yeah so like yeah like the 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 village so like the village set design i thought was super generic off-brand dagoboth 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 yeah (laughs) dagobah uh dagobah like it was like an off-brand like swamp and just kind of generic and like whatever there's nothing special about it whereas like even though komodo was i mean you could argue that he's just typical evil empire visually it was still more interesting on the eyes than Uh, okay so i want to do a thing because now we're talking about like the set design and the practical effects and stuff um i just have one thing first yeah before we go uh, the General S. Komodo, if this if this book can stop you, why not destroy it? To which he says, it can't be destroyed. He destroys it at the end of the movie. He rips it apart. Oh no, he blows it up. Yeah, he, he blows it up. <laughs> Distinctly can be destroyed. Hmm. Also, once Ryan is able to read the book, everyone can. Because one of the warriors picks up a page yeah. and starts reading it. Not very, not very, uh, coherent. But anyways. Uh, okay, so the budget for this movie was $35 million. Um, I, I want to know what your guys' guesses are for what it made. The kangaroo masks. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, what profits. the movie made. Oh. How much money the movie made. Uh, like 10 million? 10, okay, Tepper guesses 10 million. 700,000. John guesses seven hundred thousand. <laughs> I was gonna guess less than that. <laughs> I was gonna guess like four hundred thousand. Okay, 
Um, so the box office for this movie is six point five million dollars. Yeah, and it cost thirty five. Yeah, holy crap! Worth every penny. <laughs> as long as as long as thirty million of it went to Komodo, both actor and everything that happened in the movie. The the other five went to Komodo's wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so kind of speaking about like set, set costume design and stuff like that, but also like kind of transitioning into the fight stuff as well is um, they did some interesting stuff. I think with like like visually with the uh, fire uh, kangaroos like stuff, like a lot of like neat sparks, and he has like some weird like traps and stuff he can put up to mm-hmm. like block attacks. Uh, like there's some kind of interesting things in that regard. Um, and like the fights, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but, uh, the fight choreography was like, all right, like, you know, it's not going to like win any awards, but it wasn't, um, I've seen worse. And I, th- I thought it was like, cause we were talking about the costumes as well with like kangaroos is like, they include the tails actually a fair bit as a feature in like a bunch of the fights. Like there's uh, one of the fights between Komodo's, um, shadow self and, uh, one of the ruse has him like grabbing the tail and grappling the rue that way uh while they're fighting as so like it was kind of cool that they uh, took advantage of uh, that aspect of it and like yeah like like a bunch of the fights were pretty pretty solid and and it, like it was wire foo um and kind of fun to watch especially like when they're like kicking people like 10 20 feet uh into like branches and trees and shit. I don't know. What would you guys think about the fight scenes? I I really like the Master Chung Komodo fight scene. That's that's probably my favorite one in the movie. I think that one's really cool. Um, I don't know. That was like definitely. Uh, I loved kung fu and karate. Like any movie that had the word ninja or kung fu or karate in it, I was on it when I was a kid. Um. And yeah, I remember the fights being really, really cool in this movie. Um, it's it's kind of weird watching this again as an adult and getting all the like the references. The, the soundtrack. There were like there was a one the ones the one section where I know like I thought that like like the music in a couple parts was okay. Mostly, it didn't get in the way, and it didn't distract from the movie. And there was like there was like one good song. Yeah, you guys were mentioning in the chat, like, the going to the castle to steal the book had quite had quite the musical score to it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's also when Ch- uh, Chung uh, confronted the general, too. Is there a prop from the movie that anyone would, would want? All of Komodo's wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chair. His chair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the bed. We just want Komodo's stuff. Yeah, <laughs> obviously everyone's favorite character is Komodo. Yeah. Does anyone, um, which, which, uh, which Rue do you think you are? They they don't really get enough characterization, though. No, I was going to say, they might as well be cardboard cutouts. You're, oh, that's such a young thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone, let's rate it, I guess. Let's go down the list. 
Uh, I gave it. I give it five uh, inextricably elementally aligned, inextricably kangaroos. <laughs> Out of what? Five. Oh. I give it all of Komodo's wardrobe out of five. <laughs> uh, I'll give it five Komodos out of five. Yeah, I'll give it I, um, three three bald men out of Barbalicious. <laughs> Just like my fic. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're all wolves? Yep. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, all right um yeah and with that uh i've been your host ivan uh you can find me doing this podcast and a couple other things on downloadablezebras.com i'm chris uh you can also find me on downloadablezebras.com i'm connor you can find me on downloadablezebras.com i do like marlo's stuff mostly and uh on tupper you can also find me on downloadablezebras.com and a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Mm-hmm.